Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. I'm here with my husband, Todd, and we are on day nine talking about how the enemy wants us to be oblivious and numb and anxious. And during the exercises in this day in Punch First, it talks about culturally acceptable sins, like things that, oh, I don't know, probably aren't that great of an idea, but we just, we don't even think twice about because it's the water we're swimming in. This is what everyone else is doing. To not do it would make me feel really weird. And it could be things as kind of simple as uh, profanity to things much more complex about sexuality. I, I, you know, Todd, obviously that I'm kind of a, a nerd about all things, the Holy land and archeology. span And, and there is a place in, in Israel where two major stories happened. One of those stories is the story of Samson and Delilah. And the other story happens in judges, but in that about the Ark of the covenant being lost and restored. But in that valley, when archaeologists excavated it, you know, in in the Holy Land, they have what are called tells, T-E-L, which are like hills. And a tell is a place where the the layers and evidences of civilizations have piled one layer after another. And so when they excavate a tell, they can see all the various communities that lived time period after time period in the same location. When they excavated the tell in this valley, Unfortunately, they found pig bones in almost every single layer. And the reason that's unfortunate, frankly, heartbreaking is because God forbid his people to eat pigs. So all those pig bones means there was tons of compromise going on. And the exciting part about the discovery is that in one on one layer, the layer that represents King Hezekiah, there was very little evidence of pig bones. And he, of course, is the king that took Israel back to God. I mean, that's what his he's famous for. But as I was learning about that discovery, I was like, oh my gosh, what would happen if they excavated the evidence of our lives? Like what, what kind of proof have we left behind that we've compromised in some ways? And what actually would they excavate? Would they excavate my social media or excavate our hard drives or excavate our garbage or ex- like what, where is it that I put on display? I've made choices to look more like the world than to look like God. And and I've, I've just been asking myself lately when I want to compromise, like, do I want this pig bone left behind? Like, I, I, don't, I don't want pig bones in my life. I don't want, because the result of compromise is destruction. And and I, I want the, the blessing that comes with obedience. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's a really good word. I, you know, in some ways it's like, uh, in many ways it can maybe even creep up on us. We're like, we're just kind of yeah. the frog in the boiling pot, you know. And then other ways, it's it's sort of subtle. And you know, I I say all the time, I'm quoting it from some other leaders, but the you know small problems become big problems. And a couple bunch of years ago, we had of these trees in our backyard. When we moved into this house, that was it was fall, and so there were no leaves on the trees. It was they already fallen. But I knew that some of them might have been rotting and maybe potential, but they were huge and you know leaning towards the house and. And the next spring came and I knew that some were dead and no leaves came on them. And I, I maybe even said to you, we got, we should probably get those taken down. And, but I, I, I've got lazy. I didn't do it. And one morning we woke up after a, a night of sleep and it had rained and stormed in the middle of the night and was windy. And I got this text from our neighbor. Hey, sorry about your roof. 
no, sorry about your gutter because we have a lower gutter area that the gutter got knocked off and I was like, oh. But then I got out there and it was just a gutter and I could fix it and I got up on a ladder and I got up on this higher roof and there literally was a branch piercing the entire roof over my son's bedroom like a spear and it had punctured the wood and everything because of the storm and I'm like, oh, small problems become big problems. And ironically... I was dealing with all that stuff and anxious. I mean, it totally destroyed my day. Mm -hmm. But not that it was sin not to deal with the trees. But I think it's just an example of how if we allow things to happen over time, they will become a big problem. Yeah, Jeremiah 2.13, right? My people have committed two sins. They've forgotten me, the spring of living water. Instead, they're building their own cisterns, cisterns that can't hold water. Like, we go to things... we. that don't actually satisfy and and I don't I just it makes me think about your small problems becoming big problems I mean my when people say like you know at a party or for us when we're hosting a mission team you know like what write down one thing that nobody would know about you and then you try to guess in that game which which piece of paper represents which person in the circle and you have stories about you know people who've broken every finger and you try to figure out who broke all their fingers or or someone who has gotten to ride on the back of a dolphin or something and and it it just is a, it's a game that allows people to tell stories about their lives and um, I remember one time I feel like my life is a pretty open book so I couldn't think of like what could I tell that no one in this circle would know and then I wrote down on the piece of paper or something I'm about to tell all of you all, but until then, I don't think that many people know. And that's that I once upon a time in one visit had 22 cavities. And I, I can, I mean, you and I both know how that story happened. I was, you know, almost 30 before I had any cavities at all. And then after three consecutive challenging pregnancies where I was sick all day, every day, living in a country where I didn't always have clean water, couldn't always brush my teeth. I used Altoids after I would get sick and the the sugar from the mint combined with the acid from my stomach just literally ate my mouth out. And so when I had a toothache and I went to the dentist, they told me, you know, like something, you had to have had some indication before now what was going on. And maybe the answer is yes, but whatever it was, I wasn't paying attention to it. And because I never paid attention to it, by the time it was, I had to do something about it. I had, you know, three root canals. I lost a tooth and 22 cavities. My mouth was a yuck mouth. And it is such a symbol of like, we've got to pay attention to the areas in our lives. We've got to pay attention to what we're watching. We've got to pay attention to what our tongue is saying. We've got to pay attention to the relationships that we have. We've got to pay attention to the the promptings and the conviction and the conscience and the and the intuition and the all the spirit in us, like all the things, or else we'll find ourselves with a metaphorical mouthful of cavities. Well, and I, and I think the, the antidote is not so complex. Right. The antidote is we can read scripture. We can pray. We can listen. And we can listen to what the Holy Spirit convicts us of. Uh, I think that the temptation may be to be legalistic and yeah. to make everything yeah. wrong. And I don't I don't think it's that simple. You know, we're saved by grace. Uh, you know, how much money is too much money to make? We have to live. You know, like all those things can come in and make, oh, I've got to give everything away or whatever. But I think the reality is, is that simply by daily spending time in the Lord, simply by daily asking him to break and convict you, to, to reveal to you what what in your personal walk with God you might be compromising on. And I think I think I think once again, if we think about the enemy overplaying his hand or think about what the enemy wants to do, he wants to take us out. So he yeah. wants us to quit, throw the talent. Well it's not worth it. Well yeah, it is worth it. And 
we can listen to the Lord every day. It's, you know, it's it's the way it works. It's the way that God wants to have have relationship with us. And we can be oblivious. I mean, that's that's what this chapter is all about. We can just be utterly oblivious at the destruction that He's doing, numb to the impact of that kind of wreckage in our life. And and when we finally, when it finally does hit us that something's in jeopardy, our life, our relationship, our future, our our secrets, our whatever, then we get anxious. And that's the last part of this chapter is this whole idea of anxiety. And you and I have talked about the power of someone in the room who's being non-anxious, who's got the, the, the power of the presence of God with them. And that word for for the peace that people carry with them in Hebrew is shalom. And shalom has this giant definition. But the part of that definition I like the best is that shalom fills in our cracks. It's like a it's a it like it's not that we wouldn't have cracks anxiety comes because there are things that are hard in our lives there are consequences to sin that we weren't anticipating there are unknowns about our future there's 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 things that cause us to be anxious but god says i'll i'll fill in your cracks i'll give you my peace and presence you don't have to be numb you don't have to be oblivious you can be fully present and i'll still be there with you and i think that's that's the way we get in the middle of this spiritual battle. We carry his presence. We feel the crack-filling peace that he gives us, and then the enemy can't touch us. Yeah, in the activity in this chapter, one of my favorite things, or one of my the things that's most convicting or what I love reading is that I struggle with forgiving myself when I blow it or I you know make a mistake, and so I can beat myself up over it. And to, 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 to literally step into God's unconditional love is... And and no, no, I'm forgiven. You know, yeah. Because I th- I think it's 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 that's the, where the anxiety begins, right? Oh, I'm failed, or you know. And once again, anyone wants to drive us away. Amen. And I I think stepping into truth. Well, where's the truth? The truth is in Scripture. The truth is in the Word of God. So we 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 can't take away what what should be have should and have the loudest voice in our lives. Oh, on that note, whether you are having this conversation alone with your journal and the Lord or you're having it with a group of people, I just would encourage you to think about what kind of small problems in your life, if left unchecked, become big problems. Where is it that God's presence can help wake us up from feeling things like oblivious and numb? Where are there pig bones in your life that that you want to excavate and make sure that they no longer show evidence of our compromise. These are the kinds of conversations we're hoping you're having as you continue in your journey of punching first.